couple of big stories to go over from the past week, including O'Reilly getting the boot, a former football star committing an apparent suicide in prison, a chilling threat from a man in Chechnya, rather the president of Chechnya, and a little more insanity. All this and more is coming up. Get ready and tighten your seatbelt. Because this is Fritzcast. I need to get some kind of better circulation system going in here in this office uh, or open a window or something because I have uh, I have two cats. All right, yeah, I have three dogs, two cats. My definitely a pet family, right? Definitely. Uh, by no stretch of the imagination. There's a kitty litter box in the corner here. And actually all of my kitty litter boxes, they're just like totes. You know, those little tote plastic bins that you can buy from you know, a- any department store, I assume, sells them. Uh, so this is an orange tote with a lid on top, and we've cut holes in it so the cats can go in and out of it. And uh, you know, my cat that hangs out in the office space here, uh, because... He's a glutton for food and all that, so when you feed all the animals, he, he literally will go to every single every single bowl full of food and try to eat it all and stuff his face. He just took the most monster crap in that thing, and it smells to high to heaven. I need to spray some, some Febreze or something. Hear that? <laughs> That's Febreze Air Effects. Hmm. Wild berries and honey. Can't get enough of that smell. Hmm. Better than nasty cat poop. I kicked him out of this office. Sometimes I let him sit in here while I'm doing the podcast. And other times I'm just like, get, get, get out. Get out. You're annoying. He's a cuddly cat anyway. He's one of those social cats. Like, he'll just plop in your lap and be like, oh... I'm here in your lap. You might as well pet me. And once you get to pet him like all freaking day, that type of thing. My other cat is like fiercely independent, except when she needs the attention, and she'll she'll run up to you and and get the attention that she wants. And then after she's satisfied, she just like disappears. She she hides somewhere in this house. I don't know where because this is a small three bedroom ranch house that is no more than you know a thousand and like seventy five square feet. But she manages to hide, and I don't see her for long periods of time. So, it is what it is. I, of course, opened up uh, reiterating the blog, fritzcast.wordpress.com. And that's because I put up a new blog post, what was it, Friday morning, I believe. That's because Thursday night, I went to go to a concert. A concert that my mother, bless her heart, thank you, Mommy, I don't care that all you people are listening out there and hearing me thank my mommy. You should thank your mommy, too. That's the least you could do. They just, after all, gave you life and chose not to abort you. So it, that's that's a plus in this day and age, at least anyway, the way things are going. So, hey, congratulations. Um, yeah, my mom got me a Christmas present, or my Christmas present this year from my mother was a VIP meet-and-greet ticket for a band called Sabaton. Now, I'll probably say that, and most people will be like, I've never heard of that band. That's because they're out of Sweden, 
They're a heavy metal, power metal band. And if that's not your cup of tea, you're not going to know who they are, obviously. That's my that's my go-to music. If, uh, if I went through my hundreds and hundreds of CD collection and my several, may- maybe a hundred or so vinyl record collection, most of it is going to be metal bands out of Europe, maybe some from America, that you have never heard of. And I do not care that you... In fact, I like the fact that you haven't heard of them. I like the fact that their music hasn't been overplayed, oversaturating the airwaves. I like the music that I like. Sabaton is a band out of Sweden. They sing exclusively of historical warfare. I've talked about them on this program before, haven't I? I believe I have. Uh, But I put a nice big blog post entry after that concert, uh, pretty much just discussing how I discovered them, why I fell in love with them, some of my favorite songs from them. But uh, I'll tell you here, one-on-one, that uh, the experience at these VIP concerts from from these bands from over in Europe like these heavy metal bands if that's your if that is your thing uh definitely fork over the money for for a VIP ticket they're actually not as ridiculous as you'd think most of them are meet and greet packages before or after the concert you usually get uh first access to the venue so there might be a long general admission line but you'll be in some separate VIP line that gets to go in first Gets to shop the merch stand first. Gets to take your place right up at the front of the stage. Right behind the barricades. And uh, it's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. And I would rather go to dozens and dozens and dozens of these concerts where I'm crammed into a little concert hall with you know a thousand or so people. Just freaking jumping and headbanging and enjoying really what I consider really good music. I know some people hear it, and they're like, that's just loud, obnoxious, and annoying, but to me, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's second to none to me, and that includes the loud guitars, but some of it includes the subject matter, that's why I'm saying go on my WordPress and read my blog entry about Sabaton, because you'll see I list over some of my favorite songs from my favorite album from them which was the album they released, I believe it was last year. And I learned something listening to their songs. I learned something. It's like a history lesson almost, and and it can be for you too. So if you want a history lesson, check out Sabaton. But that's what I did. Uh, Had a great, great time sitting, well, not sitting, but standing in the front row on the far right-hand side of the stage, just uh, up close and personal with the band, with all the bands, really, uh, Sabaton played. They were headliners. Uh, a band that opened for them was Battle Beast. They're also out of Europe. Female-fronted power metal band. Crazy. She sounds like an 80s heavy metal male singer, almost. Just just this really rough, you know, throaty singer. Uh, she was very energetic all over the stage. Uh, and, and they're a band that I've been been coming to like. It's one of those ones that it's like an acquired taste. You have to give it a couple spins, and you're like, oh no, yeah, I do like that. I do. Takes a minute. And then a band, the the band that opened for all of them was called Leaves Eyes. Again, also out of you know somewhere <laughs> in Europe. 
And what was really cool is that Leaves Eyes and Battle Beast, this, these were their first concerts in the United States of America, which uh, as soon as we learned that, we were we were ecstatic that we, in Philadelphia, that we were there for a show. And we were the kickoff for Sabaton for their U.S. tour, and Sabaton kept telling us that we were blowing them away, but they were blowing us away. Then afterwards, I got to shake their hands, uh, talk with them a little bit, get get my picture taken, which is also posted in the blog post. Be jealous, but go ahead and check it out. Share it with your friends. Comment if you want to. It's cool. Uh, WordPress site's going to be uh, definitely vamped up, definitely getting the attention it deserves from me. So I implore you, check it out. And other than that, I mean, that was my highlight of the past week. And I, I really, I don't go to these concerts often. I maybe go to a handful of them a year. Uh, the last VIP one I went prior to this was Camelot, and that was two years ago now. That was an epic, you know, meet and greet experience as well. And front row, lots of high fives, just just, just awesome. Just awesome. And then the... the me and my wife actually went to a Breaking Benjamin concert, but we weren't, that wasn't a VIP thing, and we weren't right up front, pressed up at the stage or anything, but we were there, and we were enjoying the music, and concerts are fun. Concerts are very fun. If you go to my concerts, though, prepare to go, prepare to be deaf, because <laughs> because it's loud guitar music. It's loud guitar music, headbanging, and, and by the time you leave, you try talking to people, and you're like, What? What? I can't hear you. What? It's it's crazy. <laughs> Try talking to somebody in the middle of a con. I mean, it just after like a set, after a band plays and closes. Try talking to somebody, especially if you've been in the front row right in front of a, a stack of, you know, Marshall, you know, amplifiers. Because I couldn't talk to anybody in the audience. I was just smiling and nodding. Smiling and nodding. That was it. And, uh, you know, hopefully by the time I end the show, hopefully it's still somewhat nice outside. I have to go out and do a couple things in the backyard. I kind of want to ride my bike. I just don't want it to rain. I don't want it to, uh, I don't want the skies to open up while I'm, whilst I'm biking. I, that, that, it would be nice if the weather held out for me, but we'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's get to this news coverage that we have to cover because there's a lot to talk about. I want to start off. Uh, I want to start off with uh, a certain Fox News host getting the boot. O'Reilly is no longer employed. I guess that was kind of rude. Some people would probably say the sexual allegations were rude. However, it should be noted. It should be noted that uh, this happened just a couple days ago. And now a a former Fox host contributor... Debbie Shusell, I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's S C H L U S S E L. Schlusel. We'll say it's Schlusel. I don't want to YouTube it and figure out how to do it appropriately because it'd be a waste of time in my book. But uh, according to this article, um, she is claiming that Sean Hannity sexually harassed her. By inviting her back to his hotel room, that when she rejected these, quote, advances, she wasn't invited to perform on his show. In a tweet, she also said Hannity was angry when she briefly became a redhead, quote, unquote. 
Hannity has slammed these allegations. Uh, he's threatening legal action, and in 2010, uh, Shusell accused Hannity of demanding $200,000 in flights and hotels when attending events for his charity, which he revealed to be completely false. Or which was revealed to be completely false. My bad, sorry. I need to learn how to read every single word in the sentence because context matters. Now, O'Reilly, uh, if you read, uh, you can go online, you can read all about this stuff from various different stories. Uh, I'm pulling this from the New York Times, uh, so take that as it were. Uh, but uh, further in the down in this article, which is titled, Bill O'Reilly is forced out of Fox News, posted five days ago on April 19th by Emily Steele and Michael Schmidt. Mr. O'Reilly and his employers came under intense pressure after an article by the New York Times on April 1st revealed how Fox News and its parent company, 21st Century Fox, had repeatedly stood by him, Bill O'Reilly in this case, uh, even as he and the company reached settlements with five women who had complained about sexual harassment or other inappropriate behavior by him. The agreements totaled about $13 million. Since then, more than 50 advertisers had abandoned his show, and women's rights groups had called for him to be fired. Inside the company, women expressed outrage and questioned whether top executives were serious about maintaining a culture based on trust and respect, as they had been promised last summer when another sexual harassment scandal led to the ouster of Roger Ailes as the chairman of Fox News. That was a big story that happened over the course of the last summer. Now, uh, p people have their own personal opinions about uh, Bill O'Reilly. I uh, felt O'Reilly was very brash and would bluntly state things that were on his mind, which, which isn't always a good thing uh, because some of it would be disrespectful. Some of it would be stupid little jokes that just, you know, to me made no sense whatsoever and kind of were disrespectful. That being said... You have people like uh, Glenn Beck, for example. Uh, I think it was on Friday last week or Thursday last week. Uh, talking exclusively about his experience at Fox, which a lot of people think Glenn Beck was fired from Fox. And Glenn Beck maintains, and it turns out, if you do your digging, that Glenn Beck ended up leaving Fox of his own will and accord and started up his own company because Fox didn't like Glenn Beck having his own radio show, having his own radio company, doing all these things, having his own PR person. Fox didn't like that because that makes you, instead of a pawn in the game of the media, it makes you an independent person that they don't have that much more control over, if that makes sense. Bill O'Reilly is in his last 24 hours. Now I want to make this really clear. I've heard, uh, I mean, I was not surprised by the, by the findings or the rumors of Roger Ailes. But until um, uh, Megyn Kelly came out, I didn't believe it. I thought Gretchen Carlson was pretty credible. But I still didn't know it was one person. But I thought she was really pretty credible. And I had heard rumors like that while I was there. I had no evidence. I never saw anything. But it, it didn't surprise me when Gretchen said that. But I don't want to, I, I, you know, it's one person. The other people that started to come out against Roger looked really bad, but I didn't know any of them. When Megan came out and said, yeah, it happened to me, 
Now I had two people that I went, okay, it's Gretchen and Megan. I believe them. And, and only because I'm judging it. I'm not judging it because I don't have access to anything else. So as an outside person, I didn't want to believe it until I had two credible people that I knew. I believe it. With Bill O'Reilly, I've never heard that. We worked closely with Bill on the road. We would go on the road, and he had access to very beautiful women on our staff. And he worked closely with very beautiful women on our staff. We never saw him utter a word that was even blue humor. We, he was so buttoned up when he was around us that I find these charges hard to believe. And to me, it makes sense that he may have had this one uh, sexual harassment thing that was settled uh, from a producer. He may have, they may have had, you know, some, you know, here and there. Somebody could have set him up very easily, played into, yeah, kind of flirting back with him. It's just one person. And then she wanted to make a name for herself, make money, whatever. That's what the suit alleged. And he pays out to silence. Fox pays out to silence. That's pretty bad, right? They paid money to... They paid money. They settled. Let me tell you something. I just settled a case in Boston that I will go to my grave. I'm right. I'm right. My insurance company pressured me for over a year. Premier pressured me for over a year. Glenn, settle it. Settle it. I'm right. Settle it. When it got to a million and a half dollars of uninsured money that I had to pay out, and it was looking at a, yet another probably $3 million, I was willing to take it to the Supreme Court. My partners weren't. Settle it. So I settled that, but I settled it with the stipulation, nothing is sealed. So that was a clip from Glenn Beck on the 19th, right before... O'Reilly was actually ousted. Just discussing his relationship there. Discussing what happened with Roger Ailes a little bit. That entire episode is literally just Glenn talking about his time at Fox, though. And it was it was fascinating to listen to. And I, I, I would suggest that you go and listen to it. Uh, just because it's worthy of the listen. And a little bit of a different perspective. It, it probably won't change minds. And I don't expect to change anybody anybody's mind on it. But I am asking people to listen to things from multiple angles. Because, you know, Glenn Beck has a point. Sometimes people do settle lawsuits just to make things. Just to, to rather than drag things out and go through a hassle. They just give up the money. Is that what happened here? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that uh, the Bill O'Reilly that Glenn Beck has painted is the actual, you know, Bill O'Reilly. I don't think that these guys, well, I know Glenn Beck doesn't go hang out at the bar, you know, down in alcohol or anything like that. So he's not with Bill O'Reilly on that kind of level. But, you know, maybe they did travel together and work together and maybe Bill was respectful to Glenn's staff. Who knows? It, it's a different perspective. Everybody has different perspectives, so. Take a look at that. Now, I want to go into Aaron Hernandez, former New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez, who, of course, he just uh, just last week had a court case against uh, 
one of the double murder cases against him, and he was found not guilty on those charges. And a lot of fans uh, took to the internet and got excited about it, despite the fact that they seemingly forgot that he's been sentenced to life found guilty on on a murder already. Let's forget the fact for just one second that that, is, that that decision he was appealing. But you're talking about Aaron Hernandez who who trashed his career as an NFL star. A guy who had literally everything, was on the New England Patriots of all teams, winning Super Bowls of all things. Big money, big contracts. Well-liked when he was in the NFL as well. Personal problems off the field plaguing your life. And you end up landed in jail, getting found guilty on murder, and having several other murder cases against you. That's a lot on, on somebody's plate, to say the least. Interesting thing, interesting angle, though. I mean, as soon as it was reported, his attorney came out. No, it's impossible he didn't commit suicide. Uh, his family, you know, A, didn't commit suicide. Don't, they don't believe it. And uh, th- this is something that I can at least talk about a little bit being a correctional professional. I have run into cells of guys who hang themselves. Um, I've been on responding teams to people who have attempted to commit suicide. And the thing is, is that it happens. And it happens... Sometimes in the most unlikely of situations. Uh, Just like in real life, somebody who's really and truly contemplating suicide, they're not so vocal about it. They don't really draw attention to themselves if if they truly want to do it and pull it off and be successful. Now, some of it attention seeking, absolutely. I have guys blatantly state that they're feeling suicidal and that they have a plan to carry it out. And then I place them in handcuffs, isolate them, interview them, and then get them mental health professionals to further discuss and evaluate them. Because I'm not a mental health professional. I don't know the mental state of somebody's mind, let alone the fact that whether you like it or not, prison alters somebody's mental state anyway. To a degree, I mean... You are confined. You do have a loss of certain rights and freedoms. Aaron Hernandez committing suicide wasn't... I mean, it was surprising to me, but at at the same time, I step back and try to look at things as objectively as possible. And some of the facts that are known is that uh, Aaron Hernandez was in a cell by himself. No cellmates. It's stated that his door was barricaded with his mattress, something that happens quite often in prison from people who do not want people either seeing them in their rooms or or getting into their rooms or getting access to their rooms. Uh, they said his door was uh, propped or wedged shut with cardboard. Now, where he got cardboard from, I don't know because... You would have to steal a box from a uh, from an officer or, or some supply area to have cardboard on you in the room. Uh, so so you, you use cardboard to try to wedge the door shut. And he was found hanging 
with his uh, w- w- I believe it was a bed sheet tied up to the to the windowsill in his room. That's not unusual. I've seen that before many times. He had John 3:16 written on his head, which is kind of unusual, I guess, to write something on your head like that. Um, as for how he pulled it off, I mean, there's mirrors in people's rooms. They can, they can, you could do something like that. So that's not fishy, to say the least. And they that now there's reports that multiple suicide notes and statements have been found on him. And all that. So when it comes to like foul play or suspiciousness, I don't see a lot of it there. I don't see it being some kind of setup or in some kind of inside cover. And I believe he was in a federal prison, which usually they're kind of like the prison I work in. They're canvassed with cameras. So inside job, kind of hard to pull off when everything's getting recorded and put on a DVR that doesn't delete. And... There's no way to delete it. It's there. It can be accessed by anyone. What doesn't what does add up is I believe I read something about the security check times being off, which would explain how something would happen. And by the way, in prison, as things go routinely, if somebody wanted to commit suicide, there is a real easy way for them to do it. Uh all it takes is is knowing when the checks are going to be done or roughly when the checks are going to be done and knowing how much time you have to work with it. And seeing, considering that they say it happened overnight, again, also not surprising. Not trying to belittle the situation or anything. I'm just saying it's not... Uh, from the evidence that's being presented, from the way it's being presented, it looks pretty cut and dry to me. Now, what's really interesting, I don't like going to TMZ for anything, but TMZ put out an article and I, I marked it on my Facebook and it was titled, Aaron Hernandez Died an Innocent Man. And the reason I bookmarked it is because I was like, wait, he was definitely found guilty of murder. What do you, what do you mean he died an innocent man? I thought it was going to be some kind of article putting a, you know, putting, slamming uh, correctional officials or something of that nature. Turns out, not so much, quoting the article now from TMZ. Aaron Hernandez died innocent of murder despite the conviction for which he was serving a life sentence. It may be technical, but it's true. Aaron was convicted in 2015 of murdering Odin Lloyd. He was serving a life sentence when he was found hanging from a cell early Wednesday morning. Under Massachusetts law, when a person dies while a criminal case is on appeal, the death effectively erases all the criminal proceedings. It's as if Aaron was never arrested, never tried, never convicted. The logic is that a person is not only entitled to a fair trial, they're entitled to an appeal they're entitled to appeal a conviction, and the process is not cemented until the pro- until the appeal process is exhausted. And there's more. Aaron could be Aaron is being sued civilly for wrongful death by Lloyd's family. When Aaron was alive, the family could use the criminal conviction to automatically establish liability, but now they can't. They'll have to retry the murder allegation in front of a new jury without Aaron present. Now, if you're into people theorizing about that. On the court day where he was found not guilty on the double murder, people were saying that his daughter was present in the courtroom, and he has a young daughter. Would it make sense to, I don't know, commit suicide and wipe out your history and force the other party who was suing you for wrongful death 
have to go through it all again and see if they really did go through it all again or have your money flow straight to your daughter. Noble, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. Aaron Hernandez story. I don't want to call it a tragic story because uh, some of that, uh, some of that is personal decisions. Uh, I don't know how you could be in the NFL playing a sport for a living, making that much money for a living, and yet somehow you're still wrapped up in whatever lifestyle it is that is that negative that ends up you're get catching murder charges, getting found guilty on one of those murder charges. I don't I don't understand how you could have it all and blow it all in in one in one fragment, you know? And and that that's that's what it is. I don't want to say a tragic story of Aaron Hernandez. He might he may have killed a man. I mean they found him guilty. So I don't know. I don't know. Another big story making its rounds around the internet right now is Chechnyan President Ramzan Kadrov, who is a close ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, on a statement he made about gays. There's several reports going on that over 100 gay men have been arrested in the semi-autonomous Russian Republic of Chechnya. Uh, President Kadrov told Russian President Vladimir Putin during a meeting that Vesti, a Russian television station, broadcast that even talking about this is uncomfortable. Uh, Novaya Gazeta, an independent Russian newspaper, earlier this month reported Chechnya authorities have arrested more than 100 gay men since the end of February. Men who have recently spoken to CNN and the BBC have said that authorities beat them and tortured them with electric shocks while in custody. Novaya Gazeta has also reported that at least three of the men who were arrested later died. That same paper earlier this month said Chechnya authorities have sent gay men to secret prisons that have been described as concentration camps. The Russian LB, LGBT network, a St. Petersburg-based advocacy, advocacy group that has begun to evacuate gay men from Chechnya, confirmed these reports to the Washington Blade. The Washington Blade, by the way, is America's LGBT news source. Several other groups are working with the Russian LGBT network to assist them. Uh, the reporter who broke the story has gone into hiding after receiving death threats. Threats. Um, such unconfirmed facts about the republic appear two, three times a year is what President Kadrov is telling President Putin. Uh, and Putin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, on Thursday, has stated that the Kremlin cannot confirm the reports from Chechnya. Quote, we are talking about some anonymous people about phantom complaints, he said, according to RT, a television station that the Russian government owns. Now, there's not a lot going on on mainstream media about this story, and I don't know if it's because it's unfounded things or if it's that there's just not interest in it. Um... 
let me just read you some of the top headlines that pop up if you type in Chechnyan president or uh, Chechnya gay. All right. Uh, some of the top articles right now from the Washington Blade, the one I just read you. Chechnyan president again denies gay arrests. From Apathios blog, Chechnya's president promises to eradicate gay community before Ramadan. Uh, Chechnya, it should be noted, is predominantly Muslim uh, country. Um, Chechnya president vows to eliminate gays by the start of Ramadan. From New Now Next, uh, from LGBTQ Nation, Chechnya's president vows to eliminate LBGTQ community by the start of Ramadan, which now I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know. Might be a stretch. Um, tower load. President of Chechnya intends to eliminate all gay men there by Ramadan. Pink news. Chechnya is president. I will eliminate the gay community by the start of Ramadan. Out magazine. Attitude.co.uk. Gay Times magazine. Gay Star News. New York Times. Probably... New York Times and the BBC News, probably the two leading credible sources that I see on this list, and it seems like they have a little, a, you know, a little bit of light coverage on it, um, and only a little bit, and posted on the twenty-first, so a couple of days ago. Uh, interesting story, and if it's true. If it's true, then I I would suggest that uh, I'm 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 a very live and let live person. I think everybody gets that vibe from me. I, I always say I'm a libertarianish type of guy. Uh, so we have a interesting developments happening here. Some some very heated allegations, and and if there's any truth and validity behind it, if if gays in Chechnya are really being rounded up, I mean we are talking about a different sector of the world. Uh, the the ISIS-controlled countries and the other countries in the Middle East where you can get stoned to death if you're gay or thrown off a rooftop or just, in any sense, tortured and killed uh, for being gay. Uh, which is, uh, I mean, these are facts. These are not things that are being made up. These are things that just happen over there. So it's one of those things where here in America, when we're having these discussions about you know gay marriage and, and uh, the LBGTQ... I A K whatever community they're adding a new letter every every week every week they're taking on some other group, which is what political movements do. In my in my book anyway, I have some criticisms for the LBGTQ community. Um, some of them, I think, deserved for sure. Um, when you have these movements going on, uh, I believe that there's always money at the core of, of any political movement that you're seeing going on, including Bernie Sanders' Feel the Burn movement. Uh, I have some criticisms against the man talking about how billionaires, you know, how many yachts do billionaires need when Bernie Sanders himself has three homes that I'm sure he only needs, like, one of them. But that's that's beside the point. You have these Middle Eastern countries that are not on par with with other places in the world, and the question is, uh, are, are they to be forced to be on par with other places of the world? Um, it, it's very weird when you get when you get things like the women's march here, but they hold up the signs of a woman in a hijab that's an American flag, talking about how they support her rights. When I look at it as a, as a religion, 
that uh, in, in the Middle East is not embracing women's rights, but rather oppressing them and forcing them to wear the hijab and forcing all this other stuff on. I mean, you know, if you're in the Middle East and you're a Muslim woman and you're not wearing a hijab, you know, prepare to be stoned or shot or killed or or worse. That doesn't happen in America, but in America, if you're wearing a hijab, you could probably possibly face Islamophobia, among other things. Not from me. If you're not bothering me, I don't care what you're doing. Point is, if it's going on, you have a humanitarian crisis going on then. Gays being rounded up, uh, thrown into jail, beaten, tortured. That's, uh, that's, I mean, obviously the numbers are nowhere near Holocaust level, but it's the same thing almost, rounding up people for who they are and and beating them and and torturing them and and killing them and threatening to kill them. That's very deplorable. Uh, There was one news article I saw that, uh, you know, the Trump administration is silent on it. Maybe Maybe it's because of, I guess, this lack of coverage of it. Maybe it's people who are afraid to talk about it. I don't, I don't really know. I can't really comment on it because it's it's something that it's out there and you can read it on the internet, but it, it's very it's very low. There, there's not a lot of information on it. And then you go to websites like CNN or MSNBC and you're not seeing it anywhere. You're not seeing anything written about this at all. Now, of course, what comes across my news feed as I'm working on everything right now, but apparently, and I, I, I don't know how this slipped by, um, this is from The Hill, posted this very morning, title of the article, This Week, Congress Returns to Government Shutdown Fight. Scrolling down and reading, quote, Congress is returning to Washington after a two-week recess with only a few days to prevent a looming government shutdown. How often does this crap happen? Further quoting the article, lawmakers have until Friday night to pass funding legislation to keep the government open past April 28th. The 11th hour fight comes as the Trump administration is heading towards its 100th day without any major legislative victories. Negotiations to avert a shutdown appeared to reach a stalemate the last week following a White House push to include funding for the U.S.-Mexico border wall in the bill. More and more and more. I'm telling you, folks, government spending is so atrocious. And these bills and these shutdowns and this pissing contest... You know what happens if the government shuts down all those fat cats in Washington? And yes, this is one of those times when I call them fat cats. All those fat cats in Washington still get their paychecks. They'll never have to worry about a damn thing. Ever. Ever. Of course, Matt House, a spokesman for Senator Minority Leader Charles Schumer, Chucky boy, um, 
stated, quote, the White House gambit to hold hostage health care for millions of Americans in order to force American taxpayers to foot the bill for a wall that the president said would be paid for by Mexico is a complete non-starter. He added, if the administration would drop their 11th hour demand for the wall that Democrats, a good number of Republicans oppose, congressional leaders could quickly reach a deal. Whatever. Whatever. It's a giant pissing contest. Uh, We've been at government shutdown time and time and time and time and time and time again. And it's always over this ridiculous B.S. Nancy Pelosi quoted staying, any bill with a hope of passing the Senate will need Democratic votes in the House. A quote from Roy Blunt, Republican out of uh, Montana. My guess is that it comes together better without the supplemental um, talking about wall funding. If you ask me, a Mexican border wall is, is a waste of dollars. It's a waste of dollars and a wasted effort and a waste of time. But apparently that's what we're having a pissing contest over right now. So before I sign out, um, there's an article I want to share with you from Investors Business Daily, their politics section. Um, I'll, I'll post it in the description so you can click on it. But it's called How, quote, Settled Science Helped Create a Massive public health crisis. It was an interesting read to read this because I always hear about how climate change, global warming are all settled sciences and we know that it's man-made and that if we don't do something right this very second and dump all our carbon usage and reduce our carbon footprint that the world will inevitably fry. Uh, I believe Al Gore said like years and years and years ago that we would be underwater at this point and we're not. But that's beside the point. This is an interesting read about how the government stirred up a lot of movement over, you know, the sugar conspiracy. And how healthcare gets it wrong. It's it's the whole thing, settled science, settled science, settled science. What is settled science, really? Read over dieting. Dieting, exercise, and what's good for you when it comes to that. And you will find so many different counter-studies and nobody's on the same page when it comes to health, fitness, and, and nutrition. Like, nobody's on the same page on that. And that's what this article covers. This article covers a British professor of nutrition, John Yudkin. 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 John Yudkin. My bad. And about how he said sugar and not fat was more likely the cause of obesity and heart disease and diabetes. And just read it. It's a very good, interesting read. And it will make you question, because guess what? Science needs to be questioned as well. I mean, there is observable fact, sure. But this climate change thing... One of the reasons I haven't talked exclusively about climate change, I'm not against going green. I'm not against finding alternative energies. I'm not. I am against it in the sense that the government's going to spearhead it, force it, and choke out other industries on 
scientific notions or even some scientific agreed things when we're talking about weather and weather has only been recorded for some like 200 years and that's it and that's what we're trying to run off of actual recorded weather i mean we have a rough idea about other stuff but i'm just saying i'm not all on board with the climate change crowd because you have to be you have to step back and be objective in everything that you're looking at if you're going to be critical be critical of everything and be open and be be willing to look at things from different angles you know have I spark have I, have I barked out conspiracy theories to you guys yet I don't think I have so trust me read the article it's very interesting man. and that of course is going to do it for me for this week however I want you to keep your eyes peeled later in the week probably a Friday with Fritz I just read an article closing out the podcast. I didn't want to put it in the podcast because it's such a lengthy subject. I I think it deserves a little attention on its own right and merit. So keep your eyes peeled for that possible Friday with Fritz or it might be a blog entry, but definitely check out the blog and the entry that you missed. Fritzcast.wordpress.com at Twitter at FritzQS Facebook.com slash the FritzCast and of course, fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Love you all. Like, share, comment, do your thing. And I'll see you all when I see you all next.